know what? I know it's been a long time since we heard that in 2021, but I've had enough of it already. <laughs> you know, I enjoyed listening to three out of five years of the Tigers. I mean, that, I couldn't get enough, but all of a sudden I'm sick of that Demon song already. Jeez, I tell you what, they're going to be a good side again this year, though, aren't they? They are. We, we've spoken in previous weeks about they feel you feel as though they're in the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And it's been a long time since they've been in the sweet spot. In fact, I reckon they were in the sweet spot about late 80s when this bloke, Brett Lovett, was a part of the Demon side as he joins us now. Hey, Brett, how you going? How you going there, Rob? Yeah, going really well, Brett. Hey, thanks for your time this morning. It was, a, it was an enjoyable year for Demons fans last season. Did you, did you get as much out of it as most Demons fans did? Um, so I reckon I... I reckon we might have a dodgy line there, Brett. If you can stand on one leg and just tilt your head to the left, I reckon we've got a bit of a dodgy mobile phone there. Is that better? Ah, that's better. Perfect, mate. You've that's done better. well. Yeah. Yeah, you've done well. Hey, you were just saying, well, what a what a great year for Demons fans it was last year. Geez, they played some good footy. Oh, they, cert- they certainly did, yeah. they. Uh, I mean, they showed some promise there a few years ago. Um, probably a little bit early for them, and... They really knuckled down and um, you know really uh, stuck to a uh, you know a team discipline of um, you know just really working hard for each other and all, all that talent come out and uh, when you can do all that you know, amazing things can happen and, and they, they they did it this year. You know what talking about uh, sticking at it when the chips are down and amazing things could happen. I I, I just you know I always admired you from afar. Uh, I was in South Australia at the time when you were hitting your peak, but I always admire the the resilience that you showed and. You know, you got the opportunity to flourish. Take us through those those early days at Hawthorne and what your, if you can, reflect back on your thinking as to where your AFL career might have gone and where it actually went to. What were the changes that happened? Yeah, I was. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't go through the drafting stage. We was owned there, so um, yep. you know, as a junior and that, the Hawthorne scouts, Peter Williams from down that area. Um, I watched me play a fair bit of footy, so ended up down at Hawthorne under-19s. And, um, you know, just shifting from the country to the, the city is a, a big challenge. Um, had, um, you know, some pretty good... Had a pretty good first year there in the under-19s and was able to play reserves a few times um, as, a, as a, an 18-year-old. So in the last year pretty well played the full year in the uh, reserves um, as an under-19 player and um, we actually made the grand final and uh, wow. we uh, I think Desmar was, well, Desmar was a coach at that time and he, uh, he uh, you know, had 21 players uh, go there on the day and uh, there was actually a big, a big whiteboard at the front of the room there and there was a, a, uh, like a blind over the top of it and we're all changed, ready to go, and um, for the team meeting, he pulled the blind up, and, and my name happened to be not in the twenty in the twenty back in the, back in the day. So there was only yeah. twenty players back then. So yeah, so I was sort of asked just to get changed, and I just went up and sat in the stands. I remember going up there and saying, "Mum and Dad would come down to watch the game." So oh, massive disappointment. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a massive disappointment. Yeah. But you know, when you when you look back at it, that, those things build your your character and your resilience and that sort of stuff. So. Um, that was my last season, or last season as under 19. So I had a meeting with Alan Jeans. So Alan Jeans asked for a meeting. Um, he was a senior coach, at, obviously a legend, Alan Jeans. He, he yep. uh, had the meeting um, you know, a week later and just sort of said the club had decided that we 
I didn't think I was going to be able to play league football. I had the talent, um, just wasn't um, fit enough and you know, wasn't able to play the running game that, that he wanted. So, But you know, subtle message in there to say that I had the talent and if I really wanted enough, um, I could do it. So unfortunately, that was a massive kick in the guts. And um, yeah, just uh, from there, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I was either going to head back to one faggy or you know, maybe go in a state. Yeah. But as it turned out, um, uh, my uh, now wife's father was uh, president of the Vimblock at, at the time, Tony Snow, and, and the Melbourne Footy Club had had a training camp up in the lock uh, the previous the previous year so he had a contact down there and he, he made a phone call just sort of saying we you know Brett had just been cut from Hawthorne and would be prepared to have him come down and just uh, do some training so that was basically how it happened believe it or not and uh, so I went down and trained there was John Northey's very first year at, at Melbourne and um, he basically invited every man his dog down there because they'd come off um, the Ron Barassi era and um just made my way through that pre-season and, and right pretty well at the last um, you know, the last week. Um, I was still were there. Um, they were sort of cutting players at, as as you go. Um, still there and, uh, and the club met with me and just said, we, we actually want to put you on their list, but we haven't got any money to pay for you. And back then it was um, you know, pay, paying... Um, Paying transfer fees, so uh, we didn't. They didn't let Hawthorne know that they wanted me. So it was a bit of touring and froing there, and in the end, they come to some agreement. And um, yeah, I was, I was put on the list a week before the start of the season, and um, sort of that was sort of how it all happened. That's how I got can to you Melbourne. Remember, can you remember that feeling when you were put on Melbourne's list? What 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 was that feeling? Oh, it was just you know, it was, you know, it was obviously still my dream to be playing AFL footy. Um, yeah. you know, to be able to give, be given another opportunity. Having a massive uh, kick in the bum there in regards to you know having three years at Hawthorne and you know, thought I'd travel on well as a young kid and you always do but um, you know you get some um, you know some good fo- some good coaching good feedback um, to, to where you need to improve and you know I definitely knuckled down um, from there and I really went away and worked on me running and I got my fitness levels um, you know up you know, better than ever before and um, yeah so I was just um, I remember when I got the news from Alan Jones, I, I virtually cried all the way home in the car. So it was just <laughs> devastating. So, but anyway, um, but certainly uh, in the long run, it's um, yeah, helped. Yeah, love you. Obviously, thrived at the days. Did did finishing fourth in the uh, 1990 Brownlow medal count come as a bit of a surprise? Um, oh, pr- probably did. I, I think when, when you look at these days. I, I think I polled 15 votes to finish fourth. I reckon you would finish about 20th, 20th these days. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it but, works uh, these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Dusty Martin had that in the first four games, first five <laughs> games two years ago. So, um, yeah, no, it was, um, I mean, I just had, you know, I always felt I was just a fairly consistent player and, um, you know, so um, didn't have many injuries in my time. So when you're playing 22 games and you're fairly consistent, you're going to probably poll some votes. From time to time, so yeah, it was probably surprised to finish fourth, and um, yeah, it was certainly um, you know, not one of my favourite things to be getting up there on stage and and talking about myself. So uh, <laughs> in some ways, it was a good relief not to not to get up, to get up there. <laughs>
I've and never heard a footballer say, geez, I'm glad I didn't win the Brownlow because then I don't have to talk. <laughs> yeah. And for the listeners who don't, the listeners who might not know, Lovey was named on the halfback flank of the VFL team of the year in 1988, 89 and 90 and also played six games for Victoria and, as you touched on, Rob, is a member of the Melbourne Hall of Fame. Before that Brownlow medal count, two years beforehand, you lost the grand final to your old side, Hawthorne. How do you look back on, on that game, Lovey? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm very proud to have been able to play in a grand final. Not not many people uh, um, can say that. Um, but, you know, having, uh, having said that, it's still uh, disappointing that, you know, we're a fairly young young team at the time. Um, uh, Hawthorne were a very experienced team playing, in, you know, finals virtually every year. Had a, had a, a fantastic side. So, um, you know, my main memories are... Um, now, I didn't actually think we played, even though I think, I think it was 90-something points at the time, but I didn't think we played that, that poorly. The Hawthorne were just that good. And it seemed like it was, um, you know, three, four goals every quarter to eventually end up being 90-point you know, winners. So, um, but, you know, as, as you work out in life, you sort of live and learn, and, you, you know, we learn a fair bit from that. And, um, you know, unfortunately, never, you know, I never got the opportunity to, to play in another one, but we played... Um, you know, a fair few finals after that, and um, you know, still uh, still had a fairly good um, you know era while in the John Northey times at Melbourne. And just a quick one to the listeners who've been tuning in from the first episode, Poppy and Lovey. Peter Landy was hosting that 1988 yeah. grand final coverage. He was our first guest on Saturdays in Gippsland. Oh, Ian yeah. Robertson, oh. a one thaggy Dalliston boy, was an analyst that day. Yeah. And Lovey was also uh, on the field with Hawthorne's Paul Abbott from Morwell, who kicked six in the grand final. I actually played Lovey with Paul Abbott down at Morwell Youth Club and uh, myself, Paul Abbott and Chopper Hanley came down to have a go at Hawthorne. Thorn and well, they got two out of three. Uh-huh. Ain't bad. I won't tell you who the bloke yeah. was missed out. So, so when you say yeah. talking about missing out, I feel your pain at times, and that's why I reckon I admired you so much from afar because I love the way you played the game. And you, you were one of those blokes that you know people might say you, you you could have got fitter, and you probably thought you should have got fitter. But you were one of those blokes to ran who ran to where the ball was going to be rather than chase the ball, and you had that uncanny ability to get the ball and use it so beautifully. And it was a, I reckon it's a skill that you. You, you can't teach players. You've either got the ability to, to be where the ball's going to be or, the, or they haven't. And some players have got it. And I, I just love the way you... Uh, I just love the way you played, mate. So it was it was always fantastic. How, how did you find that transition playing at the top level and then, you know, having a go at coaching as you did? Um, oh, I really enjoyed... Uh, yeah, I had, had three years down at one tag and a, and a bit in the VFL. I'm coaching with some yeah. of the juniors. So I, I think I'd, I'd coach for probably 20, 20 years. Um, but wow. initially, um, yeah, initially it was quite quite difficult. Um, you know, just just the uh, level of professionalism that you know I was used to, and um, you know when I was, was retiring, pretty, football was pretty well. When I retired, football was pretty well coming full time. So to go back to one peggy and um, you know have training start and you know, blow the whistle and you know six o'clock start and. Blokes were still wandering in from work, and you know, or, or making phone calls saying they couldn't come to training because they, you know, had to milk the cows or whatever it was. I just, you know, it t- took me a while to get my head around all that sort of stuff to understand it wasn't uh, the be all and end all. But um, yeah. you know, I certainly enjoyed that time playing with some, you know, some really good mates, um, you know, Brett Forsyth and 
Russell Cargill and, and, and Dino Tiziani, some really good mates down there, and, and also my brother come um, crossed over from Rovers at the time. So really enjoyed that, and you know, good catching up with um, you know people I knew from the One Peggy days and, and people that really supported me from afar while I played uh, played AFL footy. Yeah, exactly right. And Jared Blair, who's a regular here, he's now got the reins here at One Thirty. Be proud to know that. Uh, I reckon they might be knocking on the door of a premiership down here in the Gippsland Latrobe League as well. So, good news all yeah. around, Brett. Good news all around. Hey, yeah. mate, listen. Thanks for your time so much this morning. We really appreciate it. Great stories and a great background to a bloody great footballer who, you know, gave a lot to the game. Uh, thanks very much.